Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. What the hell's going on here, sir? I'm very confused. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am your host, Charlie, and I am joined in person by the prolific cover himself, Zelius. Basically, I've wanted some bourbon. I'm like, I'm out. So I figure if I came over and did it in person, he would pay me in bourbon. And thus, here yeah. I am. And, and I, that rumor or thought has been proven true. There's also another reason. Yes, there is another I reason. I know he will not admit it, but it is a certain Mr. Person from Alt Confusion's birthday today. I will not say how old he is because I want to make him cry on air. And also, you're, it would, you would get paid back, or I would pay you back within a, like a month and a half. That's very fair, sir. So, happy birthday, sir. Thank you, thank you. It really should be tomorrow instead of today, but I don't let details get the best of me. Once again, my birthday's been on this day every single year. I really don't think it has. I think it actually changed like after like the 10th grade. No, 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 no. Yeah. The person who has a birthday on the 9th is a gentleman that we both know as Nathan. I, I, that really doesn't register for me. Okay. I mean, I know who Nathan is. Yes. But I'm pretty sure I never celebrated his birthday. And that was not the source of your confusion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into it. And the first thing we got to do is talk about Diablo 4. So, I said I was going to, and as always, I lied. Um, so, yes, I got Diablo 4. Um, and it's a good game. I mean, it's a action RPG. Um, as usual, I have Altitus. So, I've already played four of the characters up to, like, level 15 or 20. Um, I mean, it's a fun action RPG, if that's your thing. It's your typical go out, kill things. My biggest gripe with the game is the difficulty balance of the characters so like i played both the necromancer sorcerer rogue and barbarian and the barbarian's by far the hardest because of the way potions and damage work mm -hmm. so like for instance when you go fight a boss and you're a um, barbarian who's a you know you're a melee character and that boss smacks you you maybe have four or five potions so if you run out of those potions you're pretty much screwed because you don't really have range attacks versus like if you're the necromancer, haha, I have minions. I just run around and like the attacks on the necromancer because they basically have corpse explosion is just 20 times stronger than anything the barbarian has. So for me, that's the biggest probably gripe I have is I feel like playing different characters. Mm -hmm. It gives you a wildly different, not gameplay, I mean, yes, the gameplay is totally different for the characters, which makes sense, but it's that difficulty difference are not balanced at all. And Blizzard did balance between the last beta and this one to basically make the Necromancer and Sorcerer weaker and increase the melee characters like Barbarian. But to me, it's still totally out of whack. Um, now, granted, that's early game, like pre-level 20, so it could change after that. But so far, it's quite the large discrepancy in, like character difficulty in terms of that damage you take and how do you then mitigate that and then heal and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but that's the gist of it. Um, once I'm in the game, um, obviously the big thing is microtransaction and what's that? Um, I think somebody else posted it was on Reddit that they should now be called macro transactions mm -hmm. because let's be honest. So here's the thing. I played a lot of Guild Wars 2 also. And the thing with Guild Wars 2 is people consider the end game of Guild Wars 2 to be transmogs and different attire. And the more I've kind of thought about it with Diablo 4, 
yes, you can say that, you know, the power is not held behind microtransactions, like leveling up your character, getting gear for your character. It's all not behind microtransactions. That's true. It's only like your appearance and transmogs. But at the same time, I'm kind of now starting to feel like the problem you have is then all of your good looking, all of your gear you get through leveling up then kind of looks kind of lame. It's like they don't even have really cool looking gear while you're leveling up because they expect you to buy it. So I get it. Microtransactions for apparel is much better than like pay to win. But I still want to look pretty cool for a $70 game without having to pay another $20-$25 for one classes piece of apparel because that's another problem it's not like you get like one cool piece of apparel that works for all your characters no you get your necromancer apparel mm -hmm. well what about my barbarian my five of the classes yeah you're looking hundred dollars in microtransactions so yeah that's the one thing that does kind of suck is when there aren't even good and cool looking you know skins you can get mm -hmm. without microtransactions so I was um, I was trying to feverishly look up something on the on the computer and I cannot find it, but it had something to do with Diablo four and level hundred like bosses or something. I have not got that far, so I can't really say honestly. Um, but I know that like they disabled it, but now they re-enabled it. So I don't know. I mean, it is kind of funny because like I have a friend, she's like level like. So you cap out at level 50 and then like you go to the Paragon system mm -hmm. and like, I mean, when you've been playing for less than a week, you've already capped out your level of character and everything else. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of gameplay already. Um, I mean, it's a solid game. I'm enjoying it. We'll see what happens um, and kind of go from there. But it's a RPG. If you like, if you like ARPGs, you'll like Diablo 4. If you don't, you probably won't. Well, I know that, you know, uh, there's been some people who are like, why haven't you started playing Diablo 4, Charlie? And my answer is Zelda. That's a very good answer. And as Charlie did allude to, is I've, after between work and coming here, I was like, I'll put an hour or two of Diablo. Yeah, no, the server said, eh, no, no play for you tonight. Yes, that that's... Um, yeah. It is actually the first server issue I've had since the game launched, which is better than most launches. But obviously today was a. So did you get to play it? Oh, so yeah, of course you got no, to I've, play. Yeah, I've played. I've been playing. So what was weird is, I per I didn't do the pre order like for. Wherever the extra was to do pre order do head start. I did not right. do that. Yeah. But like I saw it was installed and it's like you can play. I'm like that's interesting. So I clicked on play and I could play during pre start even though I didn't pay for the pre start. So I'm not sure what was actually up with that. Maybe there's a pre pre start. I don't know. Um, I will say the idea of paying like thirty dollars to play for an extra four days that is super predatory. Yes, it is, and and it's unfortunately a shit ton of people will pay that. Oh, I mean, a lot of people did. Um, yeah, and the other big thing you'll see is like once I start getting into the seasons and how does that work with? Because the whole thing with skins is supposedly with seasons, which can do free to free to play seasons. You can also then get those skins. So I'll be kind of curious to see how does that also work out. Be totally honest with you, I've never like. I don't. I mean, yes. Do I want my my character to look cool and it's badass gear? But I don't know if I'd be like, oh my god. Look at 
Look at this skin that's going to come out that's going to revolutionize my look. I, I just Diablo or any of those hack and slash games, for me, I don't really... That's not where my mind is. That's fair. Um, I mean, some of the skins are badass. That you can oh, I'm sure they are. But and I, and I think it's also like... Sometimes when I think of skins, I still think of like World of Warcraft vanilla. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, you can get really cool ones, but they're still like bland. Yeah. Like... But now when you talk like, especially like the payable skins, you have like crazy like light strobes coming off and like large halos and like excessive LEDs, which mm -hmm. are cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's like a whole extra level of skins that still, I guess kind of like you, for me, it's still kind of like, I guess that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Wee. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the 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 I guess the the story for Zelius is that he will continue to play the game. Yeah, and I, you know, part of the consensus has has been since I've been looking at Diablo Four is the gameplay itself is solid. Mm -hmm. So if you like the gameplay, they there's actually a story. I mean, the see well, it is Blizzard, so the CGIs are beautiful. Yeah, um, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, my one other gripe I'd say with the game is the zoom seems a little bit almost too far in for me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like I would like to zoom out like another like ten or fifteen percent for what my character can see. It seems like it's really zoomed in from a natural perspective. Um, Damn, that that reminds me. I can't remember the game off the top of my head, but there was a game that I felt like if I could just it wasn't really the zoom per se, but I, but I just was constantly wishing that I could change the degree just a little bit yeah. of the overhead because it just it would it was blocking just too much for me. The other thing that's interesting, like if you played any like action RPG in the last ten years, yeah, a lot of people almost play with like the mini map on. Yes, like you're literally tabbing you're over there, but you can't play with the mini map on in Diablo Four. What? Like you press the map button, the map comes up, and you can't move. Like it's just. It's like the old school pressing M and like an RPG where the map comes up, you see where you're going to go, you put the map away and you continue to trek. Um, I mean, you have a mini map in the upper right. Yeah. But there's like, you don't have like the opaque overlay. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that is good is like, if you're on a quest, you press like, I want to press like, get like a destination to this quest. Mm -hmm. Then your mini map in the upper right, you'll have like a little line on where to go. Okay. So it's like, it's a trade-off. So I'm like, okay, like, at least, like, you know where to go based on where your quest is. Like, mm -hmm. it's literally telling you. If it weren't for that, it would actually drive me crazy. But the fact it's like, here's a red line. Go this way. I'm like, okay, I can actually deal with this. There um, you go. But it's definitely changed from most RPGs nowadays. Yeah, because during, like, the more mundane kind of blah times, I'm, I'm not opposed to slapping, you know, opening up that map. And then watching my indicator move across the map because I'm like, there's nothing really to. I mean, I I love the scenery. Don't get me wrong, but I've seen it for hours now. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. Yep, for sure. All right. So, uh, the next one is, and this of course is super exciting for me. Although I haven't done this in a while, um, there is going to be some amazing. Uh, vinyls that are going to be released soon, and they are Studio Ghibli soundtracks. Wow! Um, and oh my God, I I will probably need to get these. Let's see, do, do they have a price tag? That on was it? a new story I was not expecting. 
each of these will will launch on June 23rd. Um, they aren't cheap though. It ranged from oh, 50, 54 bucks to 69 bucks. But if you live outside the U.S., it's so like LPs. Like I remember, so I went to University of Georgia to Athens. I remember going to like the thrift store, and all of my LPs from the thrift store like less than five bucks. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they're used, but like Led Zeppelin Four, like um, Don McLean's um, American, American Pie. Pie. Um, so classic, like classic tracks, they're all less than $5, but that was also like vinyl wasn't really in vogue then. This was like right. early two thousands. And now like, man, like LPs are in vogue and they're bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So princess right now, princess bone. Okay. Is the $68, Ooh. uh, spirit away 68. Howl's moving castle is 68. Uh, Kiki's delivery service is 54. Uh, castle of the sky is 69. That's kind of interesting. The castle in the sky is the one. I mean, those are some beautiful artwork on those. Oh, titles. absolutely, yeah. I actually want the cat. I actually want that one. Which one? The blue one. The, uh, Scroll down. By the way, yeah, yeah. yeah castle one? in the sky. That yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it's it's also an amazing anime. I have not seen it. I let's see here. I own that one. I I own the sky, the valley of the wind, castle of the sky, grave of fireflies, Kiki's delivery service, my neighbor. Totoro, House Movie Castle, Spirit Away, Princess Mononoke. I might might have all of these. I have never seen The Wind Rises, though, but I think I have it on Blu-ray. I know Princess Mononoke. That one I've seen. Yes, that was the one that was like, what? Rated R animated. What? And I believe that Princess Mononoke in the the English version, uh, the actual character was, I want to say was voiced by... um, Claire Danes. I could mm. be wrong, but I think that's right. Anyways, so... So which um, one of those are you going to have to buy? Oh, God. You're going to have to get one. I know, I no, just, I know, I know, I know. <sighs> Spirit Away, maybe, or Howl's Moving Castle? They've, Spirit of One Way is pretty sick. Bo- both of these amazing soundtracks. I mean, if I had my way, I'd probably have like four of them. But anyway. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be yeah. perfect like on the wall. Just have like... Stacked. Just, just, just the freaking uh, LP art would be worth it. Anyways, okay, so uh, June 23rd is when they release. Uh, you could go ahead and go to Amazon if you're in the U.S., uh, pre-order those bad boys um, and have them ready for ready for your record player, if you have a record player, or your display case, if that's how you want to roll. All right, now, uh, the next story has to, has to do with Twitch and its very weird-ass guidelines that they uh, – uh, imposed, I think it was like two days, two or, two three, da- days. Two or three days ago. Basically, they were um, they were opposing guidelines to like enforce um, like branding and sponsorships uh, to 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 make it, I guess, more difficult. Kind of. Um, Basically, they put. It was from what I had read. It was basically you could not put brand sponsorship logos on your stream. Like so, on our stream, we have like altered, altered confusion. Um, for instance, one that threw people at arms is during um, Extra Life. Mm-hmm. Everybody throws up the Extra Life logo. According to the original guidelines they put out two or three days ago, that's considered an external source of brand sponsorship. 
which as writing the virtual ones would actually break their TOS. Um, However, but the original, could, the original, game right? Model. No, no, but, and, but, and then when they revamped that, they said, okay, if, if the, um, you can have the logo, but it can't take up more than 3% of the screen space, which seriously, who the hell is going to be measuring pixels? Do you have to like count your pixels? Like, Jesus okay, I have Christ. a pixel calculator. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry. You're at 3.75%. You're in violation. I was talking like square pixels or like the horizontal comparison because it's two very different calculations um, depending on how you do it. So basically, one of the things that this these rules were supposed to take effect uh, at the beginning of July, and basically it would restrict creators uh, from being able to advertise on their stream. Uh, they wouldn't allow for insert of burned-in video ads, ads that the creator directly placed in the stream via streaming or production app. Yeah, because a lot of them, like, if you're sponsored for, like, Asus by accident, by example yeah you probably like the asus emblem labeled on your stream because that's how you get paid that's what the, that's basically what twitch from what i read was trying to not allow yeah because they want their own advertising now of course they're back paddling they said today's branded content policy update was overly broad this created confusion and frustration and we apologize for that Right. Think? Yeah. Um, and and Zilius is right. There were a ton of creators who were who were about ready to just jump ship and just you know deuces. I mean, for a lot of them, like that would probably cripple their income because, like, if you're going back to Asus, if you're sponsoring, you know, Alt Confusion, and we're paying Alt Confusion to be you know the sponsor, yeah, we expect eyeballs in return. I mean, that's just how it works. And if I can't be, you know, an emblem on your stream, then why am I sponsoring you? Exactly. Um, or if part of your deal yeah. is for, like, you know, how we do the intro, but, you know, instead of, you know, that would be like kind of a commercial for your sponsor. I mean, what about when we put the sponsors up? up? I know. Would that have broken yeah. the guidelines, actually? It takes more than 3% of the screen. But for how, but then, of course, you know, like, how long can you have more than 3% yeah, of the screen I mean, take up by? It it's it, a it was a crappy policy, and of course, as as they said, extremely vague. Uh, the language was not clear at all. So, I'm sure that this is not the last we'll hear of this. But I'm I'm happy that you know the big that I guess Twitch for once actually was paying attention to the big name streamers that um that basically said we're gonna leave in mass exodus if if this crap is how you want to do things. I'm 100% convinced sometimes they put out these policies just to see if people notice. And to be and, and the unfortunate thing is that there are a lot of companies that do exactly that. I mean, how many people actually read their EULAs? Which, by the way, is use, uh, end user license agreement. Um, I, never, I never have. No, I, I, I don't. But I, I really think that they try to push these policies and be like, well, if there's not an uproar, then sweet. And if there is, then we have a out because you can just cancel it. Yeah. And people aren't going to really leave if we cancel the policy. Yep. So worst case that happens is a week happens and everyone forgets about it. Because we live in such a crazy ass information age that unless it's constantly smacking you in the face, we'll forget about it. And really, where are you going to go? Like YouTube? Kick. Kick. Yeah, it's... 
You know who really should have stayed in the game? Who? Mixer. Microsoft? Yeah, I know. But they didn't they rebrand it for half a second? I don't know. Or but like it... Microsoft like the OG Microsoft Mixer should have stuck around. Yeah. Because that's pro- that's one of the issues is Twitch can do this shit and like if you're asthma gold and you're like, I'm gonna leave like to go where? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas they do the stupid policies and even if they revoke it, you could still go to a alternative viable platform. Yep. Um, but now it's kinda like Yeah. 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 So, but we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm once again very happy to see that Twitch backpedal on it and hopefully they they make policy that actually helps the streamers. That that would be fun, you know. But we'll see. All right, the next one, yet another legal story cuz apparently, you know, that's what's going around in the middle of the summer. Um so EA um, EA Sports, uh, one of my favorite companies, uh, if you've seen any of my panels, um, has basically made a deal um, to basically reintroduce the NCAA uh, sports franchises, this this including NCAA Football 14, sorry, not 14, 24. Wow. You trying to lose a couple of years there, it's yo? Ten years. Why not? Um, and part of it, you, you know, part of the, I guess, like the the revamp of the college sports is that they are going to pay for uh, image likeness, uh, which which is one of the reasons why the college sports kind of went, yep, because you, you had so many lawsuits. But here is the, I guess, the the fine print, and that is that. Every single player. Football player? This football is just player. For football, football Fo- right? Just football player. This is just for the football. Every single football player, for their likeness, will get a one-time check for $500. Okay. Here is the, here's the thing, though. When you compare that to the amount of money that's going to be made off of this game, and royalties and all that stuff. Five hundred ain't nothing. So there is actually a, I believe it's um, the college, what is it called? Um, college Football Player Association is actually requesting a um, a boycott. Of this game now, it, in comparison, Can the players actually opt out. I don't know. In comparison, NFL players receive royalty checks ranging anywhere between seventeen thousand and twenty-eight thousand for their player to appear in a Madden series. So when you compare that, that seventeen thousand twenty-eight thousand to the five hundred dollars, that's not a whole lot. Now, of course, you know, then we go in all to this NIL stuff and and the wild, wild west of that, you know, so, yeah. I mean, the, re- the real calculation would be you have 32 NFL football teams yep. and 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. Is college football also 53-person roster? No. Is it more? It's more. So, really, the question is, like, I have no idea how much each game he's going to make. Let's just say he makes $100 million, $100 million in profit. Right, right. You take that, 
and basically divide that among the 30 players, um, the 53 players for mm-hmm. 30 teams, and then do the same comparison for college football, which has a lot more football players. Well, right. You're not going to get the same amount of money off it, but at the same time, be okay, here we go. So they're saying that there's 10,000 eligible football players. Okay. Okay, so there's 10,000. Yeah. So uh, EA put aside $5 million. Okay. And so everyone gets the $500. If the game were to make, let's okay. So five. Oh my God! Now we're doing math here. No. Um, what is what is that? That's one. That's five. No, God, Charlie, it's five percent. My God, dude, why am I trying if to complicate this? Dollars, yeah, if you make yeah. a if you make a hundred million dollars, it's five percent of the profit. If you make, you know, two hundred million or no, five hundred million dollars, now you're looking at one percent of the profit. Well, I think the other key, too, is apparently the NFL ones also get royalty. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and that's it's the, like, nope, no royalty for you. Yeah, you get a flat rate. Yeah. Which I think there should be a royalty piece to that. In my mind. I mean, you know, if that means that they have to start with a smaller pool than the 500, I'm sure that all the college athletes would be okay because in the end, you're probably going to be making more than the initial 500. You would think so. Well, you, you know that they're going to sell for hot, like hotcakes. Oh, absolutely. It's also the first college football game in years. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I would also assume part of it, though, is also the ease of keeping track of things. Because, like, when you have 10,000 pe- people that you have to pay royalties to, and you do that year after year after year after year, that's a lot mm-hmm. to maintain also. So I also get the logistical easiness of it is also very drastically different of college football versus NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, NFL is pretty straightforward. There's already probably some kind of like residual check system that they have in place. Right. That it just gets coupled into and college football is no such system. So I also get that one time fee makes logistical sense, honestly, from that perspective. Because, oh, Lord. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, over if you do this over years, that's a lot of paperwork to maintain. And just a, that's a lot of probably unnecessary overhead, to be honest. Right. No, I mean, you're talking in the NFL, you're, you're talking probably, uh, let's see here. So it's 53 teams times 30. So that's 1,800 players, approximately. Wait, wait, what? What, where'd you come up with that number? About 1,600 players. Five times three is 15. Yeah. Carry the zeros. Yeah. So that's a 15 to 1,600 players, mm-hmm. depending on who gets cut and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, versus 10,000. That's like a magnitude of scale larger to keep right. track of. Right. And the NFL careers are also longer than college football. Right. So I get it if your EA paying out royalties is actually a giant pain in the ass for college football. Yeah. Um, so then my question would be, to kind of go back to that is, mm-hmm. I would then look at those royalties NFL players are getting. Let's just say it's the 17, let's just average for $20,000 per player. Okay. Then look at that and make that an even split for the college football players as a one-time payment. It's kind of how I'd look at it and kind of average it out that way. Yeah. I mean, the, that's just a lot of paper. That's a lot of royalties to keep track of. 
True. Very true. But anyways, you know, if you're going to be in a video game, you should get paid. You get, No, you should get paid something. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that they should be paid more than 500 bucks. It's... But anyways. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some more legal stuff. Uh, so... Actually, what I would do is if I'm like, sorry, if I'm, if I'm like a big time college football player, uh-huh. um, let's just say Joe Burrow when he was still in college, he was the biggest yeah. t- star. Yeah. So they'll be like, screw that. I'm boycotting for, cause he know like he's one of those players. He knows when he goes to the NFL, he's going to make more like that's right. not going to affect him $500. Right. Like those kind of guys, those are the ones who should boycott it. Yeah. Cause a lot of the college football players, let's be honest, they can use the $500. Mm-hmm. But some of those big guys who are, you know, they get, you know, basically anybody from Alabama or Georgia, hell, just don't take them, like, boycott it because they're the ones who can afford to. And those yeah. are the ones who actually affect Madden. Yeah. Or yeah. I guess not Madden. Yeah. EA college football. Yeah. So that's the approach I would take is get your big time guys who are going to the NFL, get them to sit down. All right. The next legal topic. Uh, deals with um, uh, the the Disney card game that I, th- I thought was already up, but apparently is not, uh, called uh, Lorcana, which is kind of like Disney's take on Magic the Gathering, sort of. And it turns It's a CCG. Out, yeah, it's a collectible card game. Um, and it turns out that they are now in a legal battle with the upper deck company which of course for me immediately upper deck is always going to be my like baseball cards um that's what i think of too but they they do also have um um ccgs collectible card games um and it turns out that one of the guys one of the game designers that um that's works on Disney Lorcana also worked at the Upper Deck Company, and they are saying that they are basically filing suit to re- to prevent the release of Disney Lorcana. Uh, the complaint says that the co-designer, who previously worked on an as-of-yet unreleased game for Upper Deck, lifted core aspects of that game's design and concept to make Disney Lorcana. So this is one of those, like, I'm pretty sure he probably, as having worked in the industry, I know that technically, I mean, I think I'm far, far enough removed that I could probably tell you some of the, like the un- uh, the unannounced titles or or the canceled titles that I worked on when I was at that mobile game company, but at the same time, I, I still I would not you know I'm not pulling from that. I'm not going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, although some of them were cool, some of them were terrible. <laughs> usually the case, but for someone who is working and game basically as a designer at this at the upper deck company, and to take those mechanics to a game that's still in the works. It's kind of weird because like, not just even games, but just even like any kind of software development in general. Yeah. Like when you're working in that same industry, like even like if it's, you know, dealing in, let's just say any virus for McAfee and you go to Kapersky, Kapersky, I think. Then like, 
it's kind of a known thing. Probably like when you're with McAfee, I'm pretty damn well sure those guys sign a non-compete clause mm-hmm. for this particular sector. Like, sure, you could go work on video games. They don't care. But like in those specific sectors that you're working in, there's usually some kind of like non-compete. It's probably specifically because of situations like this. Mm-hmm. I would think it's like, let's just say you're going from McAfee to Kapersky. It's not like McAfee, they're doing it for this exact reason. So if they go to the other company, but you think if you're also Kapersky and you take on that employee, like you're probably also asking those questions of that employee. Right. Where you see on the resume that they worked to McAfee and you know that they're having those same exact non-completes in their contract. That's where it's kind of an interesting situation to me where it's all these software development companies do this exact same thing. So like, with Disney, when they hired this person, did that like not ring a bell? Because you did. I mean, I'm sure Disney has the same thing, um, where like they didn't be like, oh, did you sign like any like? Is there something we should know about? Have you worked with Upper Deck? Right. No. But so so basically, one of the one of the thing reasons for this lawsuit, Upper Deck is basically saying that, um, because he utilize he was he basically utilized what he had from Upper Deck when he got to Disney, it allowed for the game to um, accelerate its launch because mm. instead of gr- building from the ground up, he basically just took... Um, it, it'd be like if someone were working on Diablo and they they have all the, you know, the all the, the behind-the-scenes programming yeah. and they took the code with them. Uh, and then they make it hack and slash, and then of course you, they, they get their own artist to make it pretty. But they're literally utilizing the all the mechanics from Diablo. You yes, absolutely, you can get that game out a lot faster because you're not having to build something from the ground up. I look at it as honestly like this is just my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not actually literally taking the code, I don't see an ethical issue with it. That's just me. I know legally that's probably not accurate um, but ethically i mean we're and the reason i say that is i look at it we're all disposable employees at right. some form or fashion yeah um and so that yeah it doesn't matter what country what state where you work that's just life as it is i mean any company we work for could close down tomorrow and mm-hmm. it's like well that's what happens we've seen in the past uh, so that's how i kind of look at it um now, granted, a lot of us signed contracts saying we're not going to do that, so we can't, which, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's not something I'm going to go on a riot about. Right. That's just my own personal idealistic world perspective mm-hmm. that this would not be an issue, but that's also not the world we live in. But so the the thing is that um, this, from, from the way that they're wearing this lawsuit, it's literally about as close to stealing the the actual code well, because it, it turns because they're they're also claiming that this is a nearly identical card game um but under a different brand well as i said i think about it so some people i'm actually thinking do you watch grace anatomy no okay so there's a character in grace anatomy and i know there's a term for it i can't remember it has perfect photographic memory 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I know photographic memory. It means something there's like an actual medical term for it. So she could look at a medical textbook and literally recite it verbatim. Mm-hmm. So in theory, like when I say copy code, I'm thinking you actually, you know, the old CIA espionage where I actually take a flash drive and I bring it over to my competitors, right? But to my own point, if you have that type of photographic memory, is it any different if that person then goes from one company to another and they have that photographic memory to be able to take that to another company? Or in, in his case, it's a card game. Could he pos- possibly potentially had like a prototype at, of of some of the cards and the looks? And that's probably like if you only have to remember like 60 cards. Yeah. And exactly what they are. I mean, that's like memorizing a Latin test back in high school. You just continue to flip the cards over and over and over until you memorize it. Mm-hmm. Kind of same concept. So, yeah, on one hand, I was kind of like, unless you literally take it, but I've kind of talked myself into maybe it's not that simple. <laughs> because you can literally like, I mean, usually those people at that level are also pretty damn smart too. Ooh. Uh, Alex asks, what's your favorite card game? For me, it's Legends of Ruterra. I, um, I mean. Or Slay the Spire. I don't know, if, if, but if we're talking physical card games. Uh, I think I go back to the original Magic. There's there's something magical about the original Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's because it was straightforward. Ooh, Alex says Munchkins. That's a good card That's game. That's a good game. Uh, 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 cards Against Humanity. Ooh. See, when I was thinking card games, I was thinking like classic CCGs. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like... How about... um? Have you, did you ever play Dominion? It's a deck building uh, game. I don't... I, I've seen... I've definitely seen the game. I don't think I've actually played it. Okay. So does a game like Ticket to Ride count as a card game? Ooh. Because you're incorporating a board and pieces along with cards that you have to successfully use to purchase your exactly. and I, I like ticket to rides probably my favorite game of all time i love ticket to ride alex says cards against humanity broke the mold oh yeah look at how many games they put into motion absolutely well that's what munchkins did munchkins has like all those expansions yeah munchkin munchkins uh oh, what's the other one there it's like very it is munchkins but it's not it's like uh, I, it's it's in my it's in my game closet i know you have it yeah yeah but isn't there the zombie one? There, well, no. There's there's a the ton Munchkins of variations. that's that's there's all those Munchkin variations, yeah. but there's also um, there's also one that's basically Munchkins, but not, it's under a different name. Um, no, there are, there are a ton of like amazing card games out there. Um, oh, how about this? Capers. I mean, the the entire system is built around flipping cards. Can I just say Texas Hold'em then? <laughs> There's nothing like a good old game with Texas Hold'em with your friends. You're playing for nickel, you know, nickel blind. Um, that's my kind of card game, actually. You can spend the entire night drinking and hanging out and spend $10 if you have a terrible night at cards. Well, if we're going to the casino, which I've only done once and I came out ahead, so I will never go back, uh, then I'm going to go with Caribbean Stud. Texas Hold'em's so much more fun because it's just you against you it's mono there's no i mean there is luck but it's skill um but yeah uh yeah i i can't think of well no l5r was fun back in the day i was thinking of the original match of the gathering because i think of ccgs 
And my problem with modern CCGs is there's just too many damn rules and yep. meta and upkeep and like different variations and there's new cards coming out like all the time. And I'm like, I just want to be able to tap and attack. And maybe you have to know what first strike is, maybe what trample is, but I don't have to have like an encyclopedic knowledge of all the different skills and what they do and like how the different variations. Of, yeah, it's just, I don't care that much. No, I, I don't either. I, I like pretty straightforward, you know, rules. Yes, you can add new mechanics and stuff, but don't make it outlandish or or try to like revamp an entire, you know, like uh, attack type or something. I mean, I did play Legends of Ruterra when it first came out. Yeah. And I did find it fairly straightforward. Yeah. Like it wasn't. It still is. It, there, there's a couple cards now that, or there's a couple different like skills and stuff that I'm kind of like, huh? Yeah. But but the vast majority of it, I mean, I I could still, I could jump into Ledger Terra, and I could still stand a pretty good chance with the deck that I made the my first ever deck. I still have it. It's labeled first deck created <laughs> uh, for Ledger Terra, and I could still win yeah. with that deck. Um, Do you still play? I do on occasion. I did uh, when when they had the. I think it was a couple months ago when they were doing like a a birthday celebration. Nice. Uh, I jumped in and and got all the the freebies for the uh, what you call it. Um. Not the I guess game pass or whatever. Oh, the battle pass. Yeah, the battle pass. So you get like you you could you pay for the the premier uh, the premium stuff where you could get just the regular stuff and I just played through for the regular stuff. Right on. So I got some. New shiny cards and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because we, we actually talked about, um, not, not the card game, uh, not card games at Momocon during our panel, but we, we did talk about there is a game, uh, I think it's called Darker Than Dark, and it was, the the developers were with mm. Nexion, but then left, and see this is this is where it gets a little weird because th- now you're dealing with when you sign if you I don't know enough of the the backstory to understand if they had already started the game and then Nexion signed off as the publisher and then they left after a while or Nexion was the publisher from the beginning and they started working on it because that makes a huge ass difference because right now Nexion is taking them to court. Uh, to stop them from allowing that game to come out because they say it's ours because you were making it while you were our employees or I guess under contract. Yeah, I haven't read much more about that, but I know it's convoluted. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever, ever Ever. get into a deal that requires a contract that you have to sign, I know that it can be expensive but get yourself a lawyer. Don't most of us sign contracts to work? Yes, but if it's something that if if it deals with your IP, mm. get 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 a lawyer. Uh, but but a lawyer who understands contractual law. Okay, don't get like an accident attorney <laughs> to look over a contract. Okay, just go to Morgan Morgan, the biggest law firm in the world. Don't you know? No, John Foy, the strong arm, John Foy. <gasps> what if you got both of them together? <laughs> Montlick, Montlick, and Montlick. <laughs> How many Montlicks do they have now? Is it three? I thought it was just Montlick and Associates. No, no, it's Montlick, 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 
and Associates or something. They, they, they just keep. It should be like Motluck to the third. Yeah. Motluck uh, yeah. cubed. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. That's what they need. Um, oh, that'd be actually a really cool logo, too. Yeah. It would. It would. Um, I have heard, I have not seen, but I have heard that if you have not seen the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie, oh. you need to immediately see it. Have you seen it? I have not. I have not. And I, but I've heard, like, literally people are like, if you have the ability to sprint to the theater and see it it's that amazeballs I left my balls at home I didn't need to know that I really did not happy need to birthday know. happy birthday all right ladies and gentlemen we're going to pause real quick to do the friends of the show these are the amazing individuals that help Ultra Confusion be the Ultra Confusion that we love and adore so Zelius is going to read the some of the type and let's see how it goes so ladies and gentlemen without further ado let's start off with the Andy Clus my the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm for the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day into the industry themselves. You can find the Indie Cluster at IndieCluster.com. Yes. You want to do the next one? I'll do them all today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, First how about time. this one? Our next one is my favorite of all time, Nudable Media, because we met him at the desk convention that shall never be named because <laughs> it's forever burned in our souls burn is, is definitely one way to put Nudaboy it Nudaboy media founded in 2015 by andrew troon Nudaboy media previously whackhead 47 media is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions they pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism top-notch experiences and quality services if you want more information and to view their full list of services go to check out facebook.com slash media our next wonderful sponsor of the show is Hero Chiropractic. Hero, all in caps, by the way. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice. Set up by Ryan Moore, the Charlie's focus is to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has the incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They're committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They then make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. You can find them at HeroProctor.com, or you can just ask Mr. Charlie over here about how epically awesome they are. HeroChiropractic.com. Not, I don't know what you said, but it was not chiropractic. <laughs> you like truncated some words. All right, here we go. Our next one is Crass Pad Media, who is admit creator of our awesome logo. Our not logo, our sound. Yes. Need a new logo or want a full branding and content strategy, or maybe you need music or audio for your content. Just like Ultra Confusion. Crass Pad Media offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses like Ultra Confusion. Just email Josh at Crosspad Media, sorry, Crosspad Creative 
at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And our last, but certainly not least, Agile Axiom. By day, Christopher X, Axeltham leads both a development team and a system administration team working with satellites at the NASA's Goddard campus. But, while, but when not in meetings, and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile X, champion, championing the philosophy of Agile and training to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. You can find out more about Agile Axiom at agileaxiom.com, and this book is also available on Amazon. Woo! Good job, Zelius. That's the most I've read out loud since college. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you want to be a friend of the show, like I know everyone's dying to be, uh, I've got good news, and here is the good news. Ladies and gentlemen, Alt Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermetral beings, gods, demons, aliens, werewolves, vampires, mummies, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have uh, two tiers. There is the $1 a month tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year tier. And what that will get you is early access to the playthroughs, which I promise they are coming, uh, or new ones are coming, and also the ability to partake in patron-only posts and polls to help shape the future of Alter Confusion. If you're feeling a little frisky, you could go to the $5 a month tier, which is $5 a month or $60 a year. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain the ability to have your name or organization added to the Friends of the Show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash altered confusion and become one today the next thing we got to do is ladies and gentlemen i am very 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 proud to say that altered confusion will be fundraising for extra life for the 12th year straight extra life is gamers doing what they do best game to help sick and injured children at their chosen children's miracle network hospital the money that we raise through extra life will go directly to children's health care of atlanta as unrestricted funds this means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat so if you have the capacity to donate go to extra-life.org and search for altered confusion today uh, we do have a couple uh, other quick stories to talk about. The first one, this is kind of weird to talk about because this is actually a game that was, once upon a time, made was uh, thought to be made, or I, was, I guess was in the process of being made, by a company that was in Atlanta, uh, CCP, uh, Crowd Control Productions, CCP, yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, this was a White Wolf product. And White Wolf, basically CCP, basically bled White Wolf dry, and its carcass was found on the road, and someone breathed some life in it. And Paradox Interactive um, is the current developer, I guess publisher, who's working or trying to help get Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 uh, 
to be a real thing. Now, this was first announced back in 2019. Uh, so we're now four years removed from that first announcement. And unfortunately, it was supposed to be released in 2020. Now, since we're talking about it, you must know, or have already figured out, this game has yet to be released. No! And apparently, there has been a lot of silence around the game. No real new information of where they're at, all that stuff. Now, Paradox Interactive has finally come out and has shared some new screenshots to hint that there is actual development on this game. It exists somewhere. Yes. But here is, I guess, something that I, I wish all publishers did. Um, if you have uh, already pre-ordered the game, uh, Paradox Interactive is allowing you to back out of the pre-order and they will refund your money. I mean... For a publisher fall behind, that's actually not the worst action a publisher could take. Because yep. how many have we seen basically saying, "Nope, we got your money. Thanks, bro. We really appreciate it." It's it's required to to allow us to make our a game the way we want it to. I'd be curious to your ghost because the Masquerade Bloodline one was a great RPG, very yes. under the radar, but it has a super rabid fan base. Yes. Um. Uh, so it is one of those games. Um, I hope it comes out eventually because it's a game I will definitely want to pick up and try. Um, because I have very fond memories of the OG Vampire the Masquerade. It's a hell of a fun game. Um, so I definitely want it to come out. I hope it has the same type of malleable storyline with choices, kind of like a Bioware-ish type of game that the original Masquerade has because that's part of what made it so much fun. Um, so we will see what happens. So just just to, for you know for clarity's sake, this is the exact posting, uh, blog posting from Paradox Interactive. We acknowledge it was a long time ago that many of you pre-ordered Vampire: The Masquerade: Bloodlines Two. As development continues, we will be updating the game's additions and bonus content, and we want to provide the best value to those of you who supported us via digital pre-order after all this time. We are thus offering refunds to anyone who has pre-ordered any edition of Vampire: The Masquerade: Bloodlines 2. As part of this process, we are proactively refunding all pre-orders of physical products, including the collector's edition. The digital versions of the First Blood edition, Unsanctioned edition, and Blood Moon edition remain, but can be refunded if you choose. What's kind of funny about this, totally, it is related, but not. Yeah. Is we talk a lot about like the microtransactions with mm -hmm. games like you know Diablo 4 and etc. Paradox Interactive, they create a lot of the big-time strategy games. Yes. And the thing with their games, if you look like on Steam, you can spend like hundreds of dollars on all their add-ons. Because mm -hmm. it's like you have the base strategy game, but, you know, like Crusader Kings, and they have to add on like the different kings and the different, you know, lands and whatevers. So it's kind of interesting where like a game like, and they're not the only publisher who does it. I know there's other games who do the same thing. Where they give you like eight bajillion add-ons to get the complete game that can cost you literally hundreds of dollars if you purchase them all. Uh, 
I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to me where like different publishers do it very differently. And that's how them, um, how they do it with their game where you can do that. I know the Anyu series is another one that does the same thing where you have like Anyu 1880 and 2160 and whatever, where you can get like all the add-ons for those that give you like different parts of the game. It's actually very much the puzzle analogy Charlie likes to use mm -hmm. where it's like, you're missing this little nugget. If you want this little nugget, you have well, to it's, it's, I mean, you, the thing is with, with that, it, you it, still have a complete game when you buy it. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's more like you, you get to, you get a bigger you, puzzle. It, no, it, it's like, okay, here, here's my analogy. It's like you get a plain hamburger, right? You can eat the plain hamburger. However, you know, for a little extra, we'll give you the tomatoes or the secret sauce or bacon or avocado slices or uh, an egg sunny side up. Yep. You know, you could pick and choose your, your toppings. And I think that that's where that, 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 that's their kind of strategy of doing things. I can which, see that. Which is fine. I mean, look. Give me the full, give me the full core game. <laughs> Don't nickel and dime me to death on that. If if I want to have like, ooh, I want this shiny expansion for this strategy game that allows me to play as, uh, I don't know, Sir Gregory the Valiant in some kind of uh, like dragon hunting quests extra, then yeah. But is it it's is it going to if I don't have it, does that mean I can't get the full experience? God, no. Well, okay. But does it? So here's what I mean. Yeah. So a lot of these, Sir Gregory the Valent, though, mm -hmm. you say the full experience, but it also gives you different True. gameplay experience. True. So is that the full experience if you can't experience every gameplay style? And some of those characters for your strategy games drastically change how you play those strategy games. Like, like more often than not, what I see is the free civilizations or kings or leaders, whatever you want to call them in these strategy mm -hmm. games, mm -hmm. they're kind of your vanilla guys. Like, this one gives you plus two wheat per turn. This guy gives you, you know, one extra unit or something, right? Right. And then when the pay for characters or something inverted, we're like, your people no longer eat food, but they eat one farmer per day. Or something totally random like that where it completely changes how you play the game. Right. So no, no. anything, yeah. those paid characters are the ones that actually give you a different gameplay experience. But I mean, you're, now you're talking about a fighting game and having DLC characters. Ooh. That's actually a good analogy. Well, I would agree with that. Um, okay. I... I, I want to do, I want to, you know, I want to bring up something. It's super sad. And then we'll have to, like, we need a palate cleanser real quick. Okay. But, unfortunately, one of the uh, legendary WWE wrestlers, uh, the Iron Sheik, has passed away at the age of 81. Oh. His battles were pretty epic back in my, our youth. Legendary battles of the past. Yeah. Didn't he and Sergeant Slaughter have like? I'm sure they did. Him and then Hogan and yeah. So, anyways, I mean, cheers for Sheik. Cheers for Sheik. That being said, he did live to 81, which is like ancient for wrestlers, especially the wrestlers of that age. I mean, those oh, God, guys yeah. were. Uh... Roided were, to the mat. They were a different animal, literally. Yes. I mean, those guys, they 
We would wrestle 200 weeks a night. Mm-hmm. Wow. 200 nights a year. <laughs> 200 <laughs> weeks a night, baby. <laughs> 200 nights a year. And a lot of those guys were cracked up on drugs, okay. alcohol. Yep. Literally didn't sleep, just all kinds of things. Yeah. No, I... Not that the current guys are, but those guys from like the 80s and 90s, those they were... It was, it was a very... From everything I've read about, it's a very hedonistic lifestyle where you just ran your body into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what? I'm sorry. I just see, I just saw this article. Diablo four promotion gives players the chance to have their eulogies read by famous actress. Oh, I've got, Who's I got to know. I know. Who's the actress? Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, but who's the actress? Come on. This oh, wow, the latest marketing promotion is not food related, but rather concerns a fa- famous Hollywood actress. Great. So Are they gonna name the actress? Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. <laughs> okay. So here's here would actually be my marketing strategy. I know this is dumb. Yeah. But if you make it to level hundred hardcore. Uh-huh. And you die. Uh huh. She'll read your eulogy. Now, for all I know, that could be a full time job for Megan Fox. But Blizzard could well make it worth her while in a paycheck, right? Oh God, yeah. And if players really want to get her their eulogy read that bad, where they'll spend like the hours to level up to uh, hundred and then die in hardcore, more power to you. Just to get your eulogy, well, it'll probably take her a grand total of ten seconds to do. Mm-hmm. That just seems like a pretty straightforward transactional process to me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there is a new update on the Diablo 4 servers. They are slowly coming back online Wait, soon. Can I leave and go home and play? Not yet. Not yet. Dad. We're getting close. We're getting close. But um, I mean, that would be kind of fun to have your character's eulogy read. I mean, it's a little... Can it make it like my worst enemy? <laughs> like name your character after somebody you hate and that's your eulogy. Do you would you want to waste that? You could taunt them with it. Oh, that's true. You could. I guess. There it is. Diablo Four re enables level one hundred pinnacle boss challenge. Mm. Oh, there's always some kind of, especially with a game that's just come gold. There's always going to be some kind of catastrophic bug or like way to game the system, mm-hmm. or in this case, a boss that was bugged or something. It it happens. I love I. I love how you've got all these people who are already coming up with like build names for on Diablo Four. Like I know. this is the He Man build. Yes, <laughs> it's it is the yes. I'm gonna. It's the unfortunate nature of online games now, mm-hmm. where you have games like Diablo Four, where within like the game's been out live for three days now. Mm-hmm. Unless you're early access, sure. But like, okay, six days at the most. And yet people already have like the game, the, like the ultimate meta. I have to sneeze at the same time. It's really annoying. They have the ultimate in-game meta builds. And like on some of the chats on Reddit, and it's like, yeah, this barbarian is this cool bleed build. And somebody will comment and be like, dude, that's not a real in-game build. You have to do like the three war cry builds to actually play the game. And at some point, it's like, just let people enjoy the game. Like, you can do perfectly well in these games without using the meta build at your own pace. 
So it, it comes to sort of that's the one thing that gets kind of noise to me about games. Ooh, what's this one? Diablo Four glitch gives player NPC army. <laughs> Sounds very useful. Now that I can get behind. No, I you know I, I do find it funny that that people have to come up with like you know I guess like recognizable names like He Man build. And all this stuff. Um, what was what was the build? I know this is going way back, but there was a, there was a smite build for for Hercules that basically was like the the thousand man build or something that literally made Hercules damn near impossible to kill. It was the Hercules build, probably. Anyways, um, but yeah. Anyways, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, I. Unfortunately, have to tell you that we will not have a Thursday night hangout next week, uh, as I will be on vacation. You're allowed to leave. Yes, I know. House. Yes. yes. I did not know this was a thing. Amazingly, or or, or crazily enough, uh, I am allowed to leave my house on occasion. Um, I do also want to take this quick moment to apologize to all the indie developers that I interviewed at Momocon. Um, I really, really, really wanted to have all all the interviews done. Uh, but because I spent so much time trying to figure out what the hell was going on with all of our videos from like the panels and stuff, I have not been able to do the render any of the interviews. Uh, so that will actually happen when I get back. Right on. Um, but anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zillius, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Next, next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday night hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Mm-hmm.